0: Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. We come together to start now to open the door of the sacred door of this time we remember now, Lord. Will you started on the last, the final days, the final weeks of your of your earthly pilgrimage was coming to an end. Everything you said, you spoke from the Spirit. Everything you did, you were led to do by the Spirit. And while you came because you loved us, you came because you loved the Father. And you came on the mission and you didn't shrink. And while it's hard for us to really glean and really get it, that you really are a human being. not ju- You are God and yet you are human. And so this season of your life that we come to think about now and to consider these next weeks. To ponder on. We want you to draw us closer to yourself, Lord, during this season. Lord, none of us like the kind of friends that, that just like us when everything is good <laughs> and we're happy and we have no problems. They're really not our friends. We all need those people in our lives, Lord, that really love us we love them and they love us and we feel it on a feeling level and it matters it matters it gets us through the days we think we're not going to be able to get through just a smile from one of those people or their hand on our shoulder or a note in the mail or a text on the phone and it changes the day lord it changes our lives And we want to remember now, and, and tonight, and, and this night, Lord, as we begin this pilgrimage, this sacred journey for forty days, that that is going to end in this place, with great celebration and exultation, as we do rejoice in the fact that death could not hold you. You came for a bride, and death could not. You, there was nothing you wouldn't do to get to get us for yourself, Lord. You took on every enemy every religious spirit and while we're going to culminate in Easter Sunday and we're going to rejoice in this place Lord over your amazing victory and the freedom that's ours ours today because of what you did because of who you are but Lord we want to be people now for the 40 days that Come closer to you we want to hear your heart and we want to get to know you better Lord there's people that we love that we don't have to talk to when we're in pain we can just sit in the same room and we can just be with each other and it makes all the difference in the world so would you what we want to do Lord is we want to be those friends of yours for the next 40 days we want to be those friends. Lord, we have a sense that you're calling us to at this hour. Lord, I believe that to anyone who's open to your spirit now, even the slightest, there's a drawing that you're doing. There's a drawing and calling us. And, Father, so often we're so feeble, we want to didn't the disciples say the spirit's willing but the flesh is weak but we want to Lord we want to respond just like when you called Peter out of the boat and you said come we want to come Lord but so often we're tripping of our own feet and we and, and Lord we then we we sink in our own failures and and we think that you feel about us the way we feel about ourselves when we fail but Lord We're asking you this this special Lenten season. You'll break through all of that, Lord. You'll break through all of that. And that we'll really, Lord, we just sang that we're here to encounter you. God, we're tired of just hearing other stories about people that have encountered you. We want to encounter you. And we don't want it to be every 10 years. Father, you call us into the fel- into fellowship with yourself to know you. Amen. So these 40 days, Lord, will you call us? Will you help us by your spirit now? Don't let us miss this opportunity. Don't let us miss Father, there's people this year that are, aren't here that we hear last year. <laughs> there's p- people around us. Lord, life is going is so busy and so fast. And, and life is so precious. And life is so fragile. And we're asking you. We, we know the old saying, you can't step into a river the same place twice. This is the one chance in 2018 we'll get to walk with you in these waters where you, we sang about waters surrounding us. Lord, the waters that surrounded you, the waves that you withstood. Lord, give us a little more understanding. Let us love you more at the end of these 40 days. Let us know you a little better and let us love you more. Father, we ask you to do it tonight. Begin tonight, Lord. Begin tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Well, you know, there's there's an expression that. Did you ever hear the expression called "thin places"? It, it, sometimes certain places where there's been a great move of God, God has moved, they call it a thin place. It's kind of easier to get, to touch in, they say, in a thin place. I, I don't know scripturally if that's all. Um, I'll throw it out to you. But I do believe that there are places, Christmas time, is kind of a thin place to, to me. You, you touch something during the Christmas season that's, I believe, a special thin place where where. the atmosphere is changing. The atmosphere has changed, and you can touch God in a different way. Well, certainly, I believe that that's true for these 40 days that the church calls the Lenten season, starting tonight with Ash Wednesday. And the crowd is changing now. He's healed. He's uh, he's performed miracle after miracle. He's been thronged. The multitudes have just, the buzz, the talk, the people that loved him and adored him, the people that followed him everywhere. But raising Lazarus, Signed his death warrant. And I believe personally that that's one of the reasons. And we're going to just mention, we're going to touch Mary briefly tonight, that anointing of Mary's. But I believe that's one of the reasons Mary took that most precious thing she owned, that spikenard, that perfume from India. They say today it would cost something like $46,000. I believe that her gratitude to to the teacher for raising her brother came from a heart, not only that loved him, but from a heart that knew, she knew, that he knew. That coming back to Jerusalem at that time... That's why it took 3 days. He was he was stepping back from Jerusalem. It was getting fierce. It was getting it, the, the the religious establishment were were really at their edge because they were losing everybody. They said the whole world is going out to him now. They're going to lose their jobs. And so Mary knew that Jesus knew that when he called Lazarus out of that grave, that would be the absolute last straw that the religious establishment would be able to handle. And and, and that's one of the reasons she had no words to express her worship and her love and her devotion to him. Well... This is a little kind of, this is a little story in the gospel story that has been in my heart for many, many years. And I've never talked about it, and I kind of just think about it once in a while privately. But I'm just going to take five minutes to share it with you this morning because it means something to me. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit that He create a feeling for us this, tonight in this room that you could feel a little bit of kind of, I think, you know, We do. We want to encounter God. You know, I was thinking about this verse in Ephesians. It says this. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says that God raised up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Wait a minute, Paul. You're talking to the church in Ephesus. You're talking to the church that understood some of the deepest revelations of Jesus Christ that any people, certainly at that, that day that knew was Ephesus and, and Colossia, those were the churches. you read those letters and you realize these people had a depth of understanding and revelation that you don't see, you, you didn't see anywhere else. Why, Paul, are you saying until the church comes to the knowledge of the Son of God? You're talking to Christians. Hmm. The reason he's saying that is because our relationship with Jesus, if it is not going deeper, and we're not getting to know him, he is a person that wants to be known. He is a person. He has we're made in his image. He is a person that can be known. Just like, you know, the friends you have, the, the friends you know, you, you do these things with you. You see them for Christmas. You see them. You, you have fun. You have parties. And then those other friends, you know, you go out to dinner once in a while with, and, and they're a lot of fun. But then, then there's those friends. And when you get the report, and when you get the news, Those are the people that you want. Those are the people you run to. Jesus has that kind of, that that was true in his life. Yeah, there was 70, the 12, the 3, John, the multitudes. That's true. And the thing is this, you and I, you and I get to decide what group we're going to be in. That's, wow, that blows me away. Okay, so now let's go to my little story. The little story is about Jesus' favorite place on the whole earth. Somebody described it like that. And the name of it was called Bethany. It was a little village that was two miles outside of Jerusalem. It was across from the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, some people say it, it meant the house of figs. Some people say it meant the house of dates. Um, it was a suburb of Jerusalem. But in this little suburb was this little family. And it was the old, it was the oldest sister. Now, I'm going to just tell you what I believe. And I'm not going to be giving you all the scripture verses of why I believe that. But you can look it up and... Some things maybe I'll let you know if I think they're my opinion, but so this is apparently Martha was the older sister and Mary was the younger sister and Lazarus was the baby brother and this was a this was a home that uh, actually the first time Jesus encounters them, he has just been rejected in Samaria. he has just been kicked out of Samaria now <clears throat> Well, let's talk about what Jesus has been kicked out of. Let's see, John, uh, the Epistle of John says, one John says, he came, or oh, is it is it one John? Yeah, I think so. He came to his own, and and what? And his own received him not. The religious establishment hated him. He was th- he was not received in Nazareth, in Nazareth. Jerusalem, Jerusalem was a was a uh, not a place he could easily go. Samaria, Jesus' life, starting with his birth, to being shipped to Egypt, was one big rejection after another. It, oh yeah, we know about the disciples and we know about the crowds, but he was the most rejected person. Imagine God Almighty. Come into this planet, rejected over and over again, and then one day, one day he le- he's leaving Sam- Samaria. They won't receive him, and he continues on his way, and he comes to this little house of in Bethany. Now, it also says in one gospel says that it's the house of Simon the leper, uh, apparently a, man, a leper a leper that Jesus healed, and some. Scholars believe that Simon the leper was literally their father, so you can play with that as you will. Um, that he was the father of these three children. They never married, and they all lived together. And we know this about them: they weren't um, they they weren't extremely rich, but they were well off people because they had a house, obviously, that the public room. Was obviously big enough to handle because they invited when when Jesus was invited to their house to come in and have dinner. It was big enough for all the Jesus and all the disciples and that family to gather. It wasn't a small house. Um, plus the fact that later when Lazarus is is um, Lazarus dies, we see from the scriptures that he was wrapped in linen. Which was a, which was costly, and the tomb that he was buried in was similar to the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, and it wasn't and it wasn't a poor man's tomb. So we know that they were not they were not poor people, but they were they weren't rich, rich, but they weren't poor people. They had some means. They didn't have servants because we know that the girls did the cooking, but they 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 um, they, they had means. And um, so they come into the house and we all know the story. Sometimes I think like, oh everybody's sick of hearing about Mary and Martha. How many stories of sermons have we heard about Mary and Martha? So I'm not gonna bore you about Mary and Martha And I'm just gonna touch very briefly, but it's such a great, it's such a wonderful, wonderful what, what what could be more wonderful than to think about that anointing that day. But so so, so the master comes in And obviously, you know, they had the separation. The men and women only gathered together either in the marital bedroom or outside uh, where the children played. But other than that, the men and the women really were not... uh, The public room was really where the men gathered. And the kitchen was where where the women were. And all the sisters said, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sisters were in the kitchen, right. And the men were in the... And I love this story. I personally... I'm sure a lot of us women love it. I personally love it. So the men go to sit down, and the master starts to speak, and he starts to talk to them. What was that like? What did he, what do you think he looked like? What do you think his face looked like? I mean, his expressions, and, but what really gets me is at that moment, Mary, Mary is in the kitchen, and this is what I kind of, kind of bear with me, all right? This is kind of what I think. I think Mary's listening. I had a few meetings like that, right, honey? When the men were together and you couldn't keep me, yeah, 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 I remember some of those meetings. And she was listening, and she was listening, and she couldn't take it anymore. And she was so drawn and so attracted that... She came and she had the nerve to come into the men's space and sit down like a disciple and sit at the master's feet and listen to him speak. I think, I think, I think Jesus's face twinkled. I think he looked at her. I think he winked. It grieves me to hear young women today—not young women in the church—not understand what a liberator of women Jesus Christ was. There was no, at that day. There was no rabbi that had any women who followed him that were allowed to be in his circle, and certainly to come in and sit among the men and be a disciple. That was just not. That didn't happen. But Jesus was always breaking the social the social customs of the traditions of men. And so Mary sits down like the, deci- she sits down, and never did a, anyone, never did a man, ever man speak like this man, with authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. Could you imagine being there that day, and having his words play like a harp, in, like on the strings of the harp of your own soul? What was his voice, what did it sound like? Well, Jesus spent many, many days with this family. Did you know that the last six days of his life, he went into Jerusalem every day, and every night, for those last six nights of his life, he went and slept in Bethany. When, Jesus, when Lazarus, you remember the brother, remember he gets sick and he dies? And... Remember that the, they got word to Jesus, and the word was, "Jesus, the one you love, is sick. His death is dying. The one you love." And remember later, the Jews, when when they were, when Jesus finally came back to raise Lazarus, remember the sisters are weeping, and they confront Jesus. And the Jews said, the Jews said, see how he loved him. See how Jesus loved this man. What? Bethany is a place in the scripture where Jesus, with all the rejection around him, with all the the, uh, I guess the only word is rejection. The constant rejection and the uh, disdain around him. This was a place that Jesus want. Can you imagine? He wanted to come. These were his friends. They say that Mary and Martha, next to his mother, were the two women that were closest to Jesus than any other women in his lifetime. Jesus went to be with these people. So if, if they said, Jesus, see how he loved him. You know what that means? It means that Bethany is a place that not only does Jesus love, but the people there know they're loved by him. They really know they're loved by him. That's where he had peace. That's where he had security. That's where he had the acceptance. I mean, what was it like being around that table? And and what were the conversations like? There was laughter. The disciples, John and James, were probably in trouble a lot. The disciples were clowning around, and you know, they were, they were the guys you know and and Martha and Mary you see Martha she a little later you know in the scriptures by the way she's very redeemed she's when you see a serving later on she's not complaining anymore she's a resurrected Martha i mean let's give Martha a break girls right so, so you see that you see this companionship this fellowship you see Simon the leper who Jesus healed you see uh, you know the disciples you see the woman that he includes You see Lazarus. You see the resurrection in the life of, of people. Brothers and sisters, that's the church. That's us. That's the church. And if you hear anything, I guess I want to say tonight is, God's looking for a Bethany in my life and in your life. And God's looking for a Bethany in City on a Hill Christian Church. He's looking for a people he he enjoys seeing us get around the table together when brothers and sisters are having fun and and we're kibitzing with one another and he's not super religious he 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 loves his family enjoying one another and he wants the Beth he wants Bethany to be experienced on this earth now isn't that interesting isn't that interesting Jerusalem is where his name is Jerusalem is is where he put his name. But in Jerusalem, he's just served. He's just served in Jerusalem for personal gain. Hmm. But in Bethany, he's loved. In Bethany, he's accepted, he's wanted, and he's loved. Brothers and sisters, I think this Lent. I think this year. I think. I think that. I heard somebody, uh, a speaker. You would know his name if I said, if I gave you his name. I think a lot of you would know it. He said something that I heard this week that has so confirmed what I feel God has been saying to me, and this is what he said. He said. You know, as Pastor James has been talking about the forgotten God, the Holy Spirit, I want to go one step further and say God himself is being forgotten in his church. I don't want to give you his name because he said some things, but he said, you know what? All the books on the market are your best life now and you, who, you know, uh, the best you, you can be. And you, 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 brothers and sisters, it's time for the cross to come back in the church. It's time for Jesus to take his place in the church. It's time to bring God in. The, we, it's time for self and, and self to get off the throne and to let Jesus back in his church. I really do believe that. I really believe this is the hour, and I believe that God has some amazing things in store for the church, for the people, for the Bethanies that really hear his spirit at this hour and really embrace him. And you see, he was the guest of honor in Bethany. We want him to be the guest of Lord Jesus. We want you to be the guest of honor in this place. It's not about the pastors. It's not about anybody in this place. It's about you. And then there was that day. Then there was that day. That they were all just hanging around the table. Fellowshiping. And then Mary unbeknownst to everybody. You can imagine everybody was like taken back and Mary gets up and she can't even contain herself. You know, this is the third time Mary's at his feet. The first time she's at his feet, she's listening to his word. The second time she's at his feet, she's grieving over the loss of her brother, saying, Jesus, she just just fell at his feet and wept. I think it said... Martha in the Gospel speaks six times. Mary speaks once, and Lazarus doesn't speak at all. So there's, so there's, Mary can't contain herself, and she gets up and she runs and she gets this perfume. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. She doesn't know, but she's led by the Spirit. And she can't contain herself. And I wonder what Jesus's face looked like. Well, we know what Judas's face looked like, because Judas stepped back and said, "What? What a waste! What is she do? Do you know what you can do with? What is she doing? That 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 perfume?" L- Lazarus, Martha, do something with your sister. What is she, crazy wasting that on all that? I mean, it just wasted. Look, it didn't matter to Mary. Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Second time Jesus defended her. First time when she came to sit at his feet and Martha had a problem. This is the second time Jesus defends her. He said, no, no, just leave her. What this woman has done for me will be will be spoken about with my gospel, and every time my gospel spoken, it will be spoken about what this woman has done for me. Now, brothers and sisters, she gave him; she poured that. She didn't sprinkle. She poured that oil all over him from the top of his head. It went down his hair and down his beard and down his to the point. Then she took off his sandals and she and she. She anoint his feet for the road he was about to take and anointed those feet again that, she's, that she knew. She knew what his feet looked like. She'd been there two times before. And she anointed those feet. I believe that there were stains on the floor and on the table of that house, stains from that oil that dripped over that dripped over the Messiah. She didn't know what he did. She didn't know what she did, but he knew what she did. He knew. And do you know, do you know that people believe that that fragrance on Jesus carried with him all through those next days And that he himself could smell that fragrance on the cross. And he himself, what was it like when he got a whiff of that fragrance? And he remembered Mary, and he remembered that day, that moment. Brothers and sisters, this is my burden. The church is busy telling, you know, I mean, when I say the church, you know I take responsibility. I'm one of them. I'm one of, I've been a leader long enough to take responsibility for what's wrong in the church today. But brothers and sisters, sometimes we feel like we're just being told what we need to do and what we have to do. And and we have our own, you know, condemnation in our own heads. But I want to tell you, and I'm going to touch this a little bit on Sunday. Wherever there were problems in the church, there's only, instead of going in and telling people what was wrong in the church, Colossia, they had problems. Big problems. Instead of going in and telling them what was wrong, do you know what Jesus is? Do you know what the Apostle Paul's answer is? You haven't seen him. You need to see him better than you see him because when you really see him there'll be nothing in your life that you will consider too valuable to waste on jesus not your time you won't have to go and wonder about whether you should give how much you should give out of your tithe or your offering or whatever, you won't have to think twice about do I serve him? You don't have to think twice about do I embrace the cross and let and die to myself and and let Jesus take over my life in a greater way than he is now, brothers and sisters. That is the problem in the church, you know. You've got the spirit of God in our spirits, but that spirit has to break out and come out into your soul and that spirit has to come out into your mind and then you start thinking like him and that spirit has to come out into your emotions and then you start feeling like him and then that spirit has to come out into your will and you start to desire the things that he desires and the problem in the church is we're not picking up our cross we're reading too many books about the best me Rather than, how about the dead me? Because the dead me lets Jesus live. And you know what? When Jesus lives through in a life, that's a happy life. That's what I'm created to be. I'm created to be. He is to be the treasure in the earthen vessel. It's not all treasure. It's not all Jesus. And it's not all earthen vessel. It's Jesus in the earthen vessel. And you still see the earthen vessel. But I don't know. Something about him. I see him and I understand, you know, he's got this thing, but, but I don't know, there's something about him. It's the It's the treasure in the earthen vessel. He wants more of you. The cross isn't just about Jesus. The cross is your path and my path to more of God. And if you ever meet anybody, that's life, that Jesus is flowing through, in any way that is is me- that that is clear, real to you, then you know one thing about that person. They've done a lot of dying. Because don't... Let, let's get real clear about it. There is no resurrection life without death. It is the principle from the beginning to the end where there's death. I mean, you know what that means? Hold on to your seat. Put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt seat on suffering and death produces resurrection. I want the resurrection, right? You with me? I'm not so keen on the suffering and the death part, though, right? Not only did Mary anoint him, and not only was that fragrance on him, did you know that Joseph of Arimathea took a hundred pounds of ointment and anointed him after they took his body down off the cross. So can you imagine as he moved around, that fragrance was still on him. Now, now you're going to think I'm tripping. Now you're going to think I'm tripping. I think I, what does that mean exactly? Is that bad? Oh. Oh, sounds bad. I think, I think. Hold on. I think that fragrance is still on him. Did you ever get around somebody, my spiritual mother? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this to a close. My spiritual mother. I'd sit in her in meetings in Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle, and I'd sit and listen to her, and I was just like, I think I must have looked like this. I don't know. I didn't know. Actually, what she was talking about, I was a little Catholic girl that never opened a Bible in my life. But when she, when I walked out of there, the only thing I could think of was, I just want to go be with Jesus. I just want to be with him. I just want to sit at his feet. I just want Jesus. Jesus. That's just all I want is Jesus. You know why? Because the fragrance of Jesus was all over her life. We have Lent. We have 40 days. And I hope some people are going to hear me in this room tonight. I hope somebody hears me in this room tonight. I hope somebody really, really hears me tonight. I hope somebody so hears the Spirit of God tonight that deep down in their in their will, you, you can't... Oh, that's another story. Your will is like the thermostat. You set it for what you want. You don't have power to bring it to pass, but you've got to set your will. I set the Lord continually before me, said David. He's at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. You've got to set the thermostat of your life and say, Jesus, I can't do this. There's no way. I'm weak. I'm frail. I fall. I'm a failure over and over. But I set my will. I want to know you. And if you don't know what I'm talking about tonight and you don't understand what I mean about the cross working in your life, will you do me a favor? Will you ask Jesus about it? Will you spend the next 40 days? Let's do whatever you do in your Christian life. Why don't you stop doing it for 40 days and let God give you something different? I must have spent eight hours doing this. And I hope it blesses somebody in this place. But you're going to get one on your way out. And and this is a little bit of what God has kind of been talking to me about. If you have 15, 10, 15, 20 minutes and you want to fellowship with the Lord and you want to touch him, I want to, I want to just offer this to you. And maybe some of you it will click. Maybe others will say it doesn't click for me. But... I think it'll click for some people in this room. I want you, I, I think that there are people in this room that are as I feel, and I think many of us feel at this hour, I need more of Jesus in my life. You know, somebody who'll go unnamed in this room tonight sent me a text yesterday, and I looked up what they sent me. Did anybody hear uh, Joy Behar's last uh, little comments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said basically that anybody who talks to Jesus has mental health issues. And then Sunny Hostin, do you know Sunny Hostin, she's a she's a commentator. Uh, yeah, what did she say exactly? She said she was talking about um, Vice President Pence. And said that, look, I'm a religious blank. I won't say what what it is, a Christian faith, but I don't want I don't want my president or vice president. Uh, what did she say? Speaking in tongues and talking to God. And I thought the climate is changing now, and I have to tell you that as one of your pastors, if you're really going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We need to be prepared for the fact that the climate's changing now. You can get away and say any name you want, but don't say the name of Jesus. So you know what? It's critical this year. It's critical that we get to know God better than we've ever known him before. Because the enemy is going to hit you. I mean, do you know what? There was a time. I'm supposed to say this for Sunday. I don't know why. I, I can't be trusted. You know... There was there was a time when in the church we were attacked Jesus's humanity was attacked you couldn't really mention his humanity It was like oh you know no he wasn't really a man he was just went through the motions he was but now it's different now his divinity is being attacked he wasn't born of a virgin he didn't do all those miracles i mean Jesus is i mean just listen you can believe whatever you want just don't say He's God. Bethany knows he's God. I pray for you, my brother and sisters, I pray for myself. I pray for City on a hill during this Lenten season, that we will stand after having done all in the evil day, stand. But we're not going to be able to stand until we... Would you do me a favor, sweet. Okay. Pray with me. Pray with me. I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Barbara and I, got, in two seconds, I'm going to go out on a limb. And um, Mary, I know you know the song. John, I don't know if you guys do it, but that song... Um, Turn your eyes on Jesus. This this chorus was, you know, decades ago. But it's one of the choruses that for me, when I sit down and want to cultivate the presence of the Lord, I I sing it to the Holy Spirit. Turn my eyes on Jesus. I can't do it myself. I need your power, Holy Spirit. But as we light this candle, will you stand with, uh, you know, I don't mean stand physically, but stand with me in your spirit. Lord this this light represents our desire for your presence In our individual lives we need to know you more than we've better than we've ever known you This candle represents our need for your presence among us in this community Lord To embrace the cross so that we can love one another when we're hurt and offended and angry with each other. When we slight each other, when we try to get along in ministry and we keep rubbing each other the wrong way. Lord, we need your presence in the church. We need your presence in our homes, Lord, with our children who are growing up in a culture who is so, hates you so much. Lord, this Lenten season, we don't want to miss this opportunity where we feel there's a thin place, that we can touch you in some new way, perhaps, Lord, if you will be merciful to us. And I ask you, I hold up this little frail, this little fish and loaves in my hand, Lord. And I'm asking you that you will use it powerfully. For the people that are sitting in this room right now saying, somebody tell me how to touch him. Somebody help me to touch him. I want to touch him. I don't know how. Father, will you use this weak and and feeble thing as we hand out other things this 40 days? But will you begin to use this and anoint this and bless it? Because, Lord, we're tired of hearing other people tell us about their walk with you. We want to know you better than we've ever known you before. And we also have the ashes. And if you or somebody that would like to partake of the ashes and put them on your forehead, then please help yourself. It's a mark of our mortality. Our time is short in this in this world and so help yourself if you're one then you just help yourself to the to the ashes but father we lift up now this bread of the new covenant that is your body that was broken that we might draw near to you when that veil was rent in two that veil broke open Because you want to be so near us. Draw us to yourself, Lord. And Father, for the cup, the cup of communion, we just ask you to bless it as well as we remember tonight that your blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins, that we might be cleansed from a wicked conscience and that we might walk with you clean pure every minute of every day lord we want to practice your presence that's what this little booklet i gave you is about it's going to help if you let it it will help you take jesus with you through the day not just about your morning time but by the inspiration of the holy spirit i think it will help some people in this place practice his presence throughout the day brothers and sisters that's what the Christian life is. It's practicing His presence. Amen. Amen. i will sure you may lead people. Oh, I forgot one last thing. This is a little gift. It's a little perfume bottle that you might remember the ointment and the fragrance of Mary as she anointed Jesus. Help yourself and please receive one of those bottles. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.